Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Hour three of Home and Home, radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free right there. ZipRecruiter.com slash Enter. Coming up, we're going to talk to Kendrick Perkins, former Celtic star and Radio.com NBA insider, about the injury to Zion Williamson. How bad is it for the NBA? And is it a sign of things to come in his career or just a meniscus? Everyone holding their breath in New Orleans and around the league. And also, what is going on with Michael Jordan suggesting that Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer yet, or was he just kidding? We'll talk to Perk in just a few minutes. But I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. He's always paying attention to everything Philadelphia Eagles related, and they were stomped by Dallas the other night on Sunday Night Football. And there's been a lot of talk around the Philadelphia Eagles about guys not respecting the team and some guys showing up late for meetings and off the record comments to reporters, the kind of stuff you start to see when teams start to go downhill, not a lot of off the record comments coming out of new England, not at this point. So Doug Peterson on WIP radio this morning asked about all that and the guys showing up late. Here's the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, Doug, the other one was Lane Johnson's uh, alluding to the fact that uh, there would be uh, uh, real confrontations this week with players who were showing up late for practices and meetings. Is that something also you would deal with more internally, or would you acknowledge them publicly? It's, it's, an, it's an internal thing that I would deal with with the guys with, you know. Um, and here, here's, a, here's, here's, I think, what he's, what he's alluding to. Um, and and you know obviously that's one one aspect of what we do, but it's no different if we're on the practice field and and you know we keep making a a little mistake you know on the practice field for instance uh, you know and, and we're and we're not correcting that mistake and and it happens and it kind of carries over into the game. It could be um, you know the quarterback's progression. Maybe maybe I got to teach that progression a little bit better and, and dial that in just a little bit and. And, and and make that a make it a better play, you know, coach coach the guys up because little things on the practice field, just like little things off the practice field can can affect can affect the game. So using those as examples, it's it's not happening, you know. Um, from time to time, there might be a guy or might be late for treatment or something like that, you know. Because listen, we do live in a in a busy city, and and guys trying to get in here sometimes with with traffic can be can be a problem, but. We do have great communication that way with our guys, um, and 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 so using those as examples, those are little things, and those little things sometimes can can carry over into the game. And so we're trying to just just make aware, make the players aware that hey, we got to take care of the business, you know, not only on the field but also off the field. Doug Peterson, Eagles head coach on WIP Radio 
You can listen to WIP anytime you want on the free radio.com app. Are we talking about traffic? Alan Iverson voice. We talking about traffic? All right, look, Lane Johnson's comments were on the record. Some players have comments off the record to various reporters from ESPN and the city of Philadelphia. Not the kind of thing you want to see around a championship-type roster. What's going on here, Ross? Well, it's not good. It feels like there's too much noise. And you said it exactly right, Dave. I mean, you've got Lane Johnson saying, you know, there's going to be a call-out session for the guys that have been late. And then I know Malcolm Jenkins was on WIP and he said he doesn't know what Lane Johnson's referring to. And then I'm a little bit confused just on what Doug Peterson said there because he said it's not happening. But then he said, you know, with the treatment and guys, maybe some traffic. So I don't feel like I got clarity as to whether or not guys have been late for meetings, late for practice or not. I do understand Doug Peterson's point about attention to detail, whether it's on the field or off the field. And I think that's his point, is that they need to button up everything more. I don't know that we'll ever get to the bottom of how many guys are late, who's late, whatever. But here's the deal, man. I mean, when you combine Lane Johnson, at least one player saying publicly that guys are late, with anonymous comments from whoever the player or players are, it's just a bad deal. I mean, it, it's not conducive to success. Frankly, it's surprising and it's disappointing because it's a very talented team and it feels like it's way too early. It, and really, there should never be a good time, Dave, for anonymous sources or guys being late. But it surely seems too early for them to be doing that right now. Yeah, it feels odd around that team right now. They've got Buffalo, Chicago, by, and then New England. And the Patriots always in the news, but rarely do you ever hear off-the-record comments or, or Lane Johnson-type comments about that organization. What you do hear is Sam Darnold, who just played that team, saying, I'm seeing ghosts on a live mic. That got all the pickup today because that Patriots defense is historic. But before this game, something very interesting in the pregame was raised by Adam Schefter, of course, the uh, killer reporter for ESPN, all things NFL-related breaking news every five minutes or so, talked about the possibility that Tom Brady could at some point after this season move on from the Patriots. He brought up the fact that Brady's house is for sale, his trainer's house is for sale, his contract lends that uh, suggestion. And then he was on WEI this morning, the Greg Hill Show, asked about the possibility of Brady perhaps moving on. Um, you got Curtis all worked up this morning when you were talking about Tom Brady and this potentially being his final season with the Patriots last night. Which, which, which by the way, was nothing that I haven't said on your station before. Yes, yes. Um, but you you really feel like the signs indicate such, correct? Well, I, all, all I said last night, and I said on these airwaves about six, seven weeks ago at the start of the season, and I'll say it again now, is let's just look at the basic facts. His home is for sale. His trainer's home is for sale. He set up his contract to void after this year. What does that tell you? The idea that this is his last season with the Patriots, that that was his last Monday night football game with the Patriots last night, is a real possibility. That's all. Whoa. I heard that similar breakdown in the pregame and just sat there 
in stunned disbelief. I can't imagine for the life of me Tom Brady ever leaving that organization, despite the fact his house is for sale and despite the fact his trainer's house is for sale and the contract sets up. Certainly Tom Brady, deep down inside of him, wonders if he could go somewhere else and prove how good a quarterback he is without Bill Belichick. Don't do it, Tom Brady. Don't for a minute think you can go somewhere and be surrounded by greatness and take a team to a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick at age 43. This is the greatest defense you will ever have. You just got yourself a receiver. What if Tom Brady goes somewhere next year and say he wins, yeah, nine football games, they go nine and seven. I'm not even sure what team that might be, but say they get the playoffs, they win a playoff game, but gets walloped in the second round and people forever then ask, well, what would Tom Brady have been if he weren't playing for Bill Belichick? At least at this point, we all believe it is a symbiotic relationship that Belichick would not win without Brady and Brady would not win without Belichick. Why, Ross, would you ever mess with that equation? And what do you make of the fact that the houses are for sale and the contract sets up that way? It's a little bit strange. Um, part of me thinks that this is all just a leverage play by Brady and his representatives to maybe get a better contract, uh, which is bizarre that he even has to be in that position. They basically should have written him a blank check every year for whatever he wanted. I mean, I think it was a year or two ago that they redid his deal with incentives so he could make a little bit more money, like incentives, really. Like you have to incentivize Tom Brady. Really, I, I, I thought that was poor form by the Patriots. I don't envision him ending anywhere else. I think he'll play for New England or no one. I think it's more likely that this is his last year than it is that Tom Brady would end up playing elsewhere. But I will say this, Dave, and I don't think we're there. I've said for years, I felt like Tom Brady would end his career elsewhere. And that's because oh. of two primary factors. Number one, he is the most stubborn, self-determined, self-motivated person I've ever met. So I think that he will continue to think he can play forever as long as he wants to play. But I felt like there would come a time where his skills would diminish such that Belichick would move on from him. That Belichick would say, you know what? We got to get somebody younger, somebody better. We got to move on, and the time is now. But he's still playing at a high level. And I don't know if I see that happening. I think he's more likely to retire at this point than go elsewhere. It is the grand experiment, though. We've always wondered. So we're seeing exactly what happens with Brady. I've always wondered this. It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing, Dave. But which person do you give more credit for the Patriots' success over the last 20 years, Belichick or Brady? <laughs> oh, man, you did that to me. I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I think Bill Belichick is more instrumental for that success than Tom Brady. Do I think Bill Belichick could have won six Super Bowls without Brady? No. I do think he would have won three. Do I think Tom Brady would have won six Super Bowls without Bill Belichick? Absolutely not. 
He certainly would have won one. He might have won two. But we're getting a real clear glimpse at what Brady's like with a decent offense and depleted skills. We're talking about the possibility of 16-0 and because Bill Belichick is once again the defensive coordinator. Remember they lost a defensive coordinator? Brian Flores now coaching the Miami Dolphins, and no one even knows. No one even cares. He is the greatest coach in all of sports. He's not just the defensive coordinator. He's the offensive mind. He's the special teams mind. Who do you give the most credit to? It's Brady for me, and obviously they're both fantastic, but it's Brady because it's not just his on-field ability. And I would say in general, Dave, I think that the quarterback is more of a predictor for success for a team than the head coach pretty much across the board. What makes New England a little bit different is that Belichick is also basically the GM. But if you go most situations, you know, the quarterback, let's put it this way, okay? If you did the Vegas win-loss total – for each team and you swapped out the head coach for another head coach and then you swapped that or you swapped out the quarterback for another quarterback there would be a bigger drop in the win-loss total for the quarterback than there would be for the head coach there just would be so the quarterback is a greater predictor of success certainly in a one-year situation I think even over time what makes them a little bit differently is that Belichick is also in charge of personnel. So he's not just the head coach. That said, I think Brady is unprecedented when it comes to his presence, his leadership, all of those things, which makes it very different. Um, I think it's Brady. I think there's compelling arguments either way, but there's still only one of those two that's out there in the field of play actually having to make the throws and execute so i'm saying over a 20-year period if you had belichick and an average quarterback versus brady and an average head coach i think you're winning a lot more games with brady and the average head coach than you are belichick and the average quarterback wow this is a fantastic debate i think we could have this throughout a program Starts. Uh, let's get one of those Ross Tucker poll questions. Who is more instrumental behind the Patriots' success? Perhaps we can debate that again tomorrow with the prospect of Tom Brady moving on at some point. I hope it doesn't happen. I really hope it doesn't happen, but I'd love to continue this debate. Let's talk with another Boston legend, though, Kendrick Perkins, about the start of the NBA season. He's a Radio.com NBA insider. Perk, it's Dave Briggs. It's Ross Tucker. Great to have you, my friend. Dave Ross, thanks for having me on. All right, man. So I got to ask you about Zion Williamson. Six to eight weeks, torn meniscus surgery, and you hear the name Greg Oden thrown around. Is this just six to eight weeks, might miss 20 games, or do you have greater concerns about the career durability of the most anticipated NBA star since LeBron? Well, you know, one thing I've seen about Zion is that he's – He's NBA ready. Um, I don't have major concerns about this one issue. Um, you know, I know he's under a great organization. He's under great hands when dealing with, with David Griffin. I love Griff over there for him and Alvin Gentry. 
Um, I love the way the Pelicans are rebuilding things and the way their culture is going. So I'm not overly concerned. Um, the kid looked like, to me, and my, from the outside looking in, he looks like he's a true professional. I said this before the season, though. He's going to have to lose weight. Um, you know, playing at these, playing, at, playing the minutes that he's going to be playing this NBA season, he has to drop the weight, man. And he has to. It's a must. And not saying that this is, you know, part of the problem, but, you know, it's a lot different from when you're playing in college, man. You know, you're playing every other day or every night in the NBA, and those type of minutes wear and tear on your body. And, and, you know, we all know Zion is a big boy, but he, he has to lose weight. But I'm not overly concerned that this could be possibly a Greg Oden situation. So, Perk, that's interesting to me. Like, he weighs supposedly 285, but he's Ooh. all muscle. So, my question is, how much weight would you like to see him lose? And what do you tell him, just to, like, stop lifting weights? I mean, it's not like he's fat. It's just muscle. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's a fine line. I mean, you know, 285, you know, to be 6'5", 6'6", that's still pretty heavy. For a basketball player, you want to be as lean as possible. You know, obviously, his advantages, one of his advantages besides his athleticism is his brute strength. But you still want to be lean in today's game. You want to be wiry strong. So, you know, if he could get down to about 260, 255, I think that would be a great great weight for Zion, in my opinion. Um, you know, but like you said, this all muscle – but his ways to trimming that down, you know, I think he he still needs to be leaner, meaning he needs to be, you know, wiry, strong, long, longer, like not more bulky style. Hopefully he has some good shoes with that Nike deal because that was a catastrophe when those things blew up on him. Uh, I know, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he opens tonight, uh, or his team opens tonight in Toronto without Zion, but the main event happens in Los Angeles, Lakers and Clippers. Is this a Western Conference Finals preview to you? Yes, I believe so. Um, I think both of these teams finished one and two in the West. It could go either way. Um, I love what I've been seeing out of the Lakers in the preseason. You don't see vets like that. The way the Lakers approach in the preseason they're approaching the seat. They're approaching this NBA season like they're on a mission. And from the outside looking in, the way they they the way they they're veteran guys. We're talking about guys that then played over ten years in the league on their team, playing with a playing like you know they're guys who are trying to make a team. And that's scary because that that tells you something. That tells you that these guys are focused. They're ready to hit the season full blast. And it's going to be a scary sight. But I do see these, these two teams in the Western Conference Finals for us right now. All right, Perk, talk to me about the Eastern Conference and, and my Sixers. Give me the good news about my Sixers. They're definitely going to the NBA Finals, right? No, they're not definitely doing nothing. Listen, <laughs> I like listen. I like the Sixers. I don't love them. I don't like the – I think they lost a <clears> – <throat> I think they lost big time with with losing Jimmy and losing uh, J.J. Reddick. Um, you know, although Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are who they are, you know, um, 
I think it was a good addition. And Al Horford is interesting to see how him and MB will play on the side of each other. But, you know, looking at the Sixers, man, um, they're not as – their depth is not really there for us, like, just their bench. I'm still a little concerned about their shooting. Um, and, you know, Brett Brown, it's time for him to step his game up. You know, he's he's been given several opportunities every season to prove himself, and I think a lot of pressure is on him to make sure that he put those guys in position to be successful. But as far as right now, I still got Milwaukee as the favorite coming out of the East. And the great Giannis. Talking to Kendrick Perkins, who won an NBA title with the Boston Celtics, had some great years there, as well as with the Oklahoma City Thunder in a great career. So apparently you feel good about the two L.A. duos, which brings up the question of the third, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Do you have questions about how those two work together? No, I don't. I think, once again, this is following. This season is the season where coaches going to actually have to coach. The league is finally where it needs to be. You know, it's equal throughout. And I feel like <clears throat> a lot of pressure is going to be on the coaches. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Dan Tony. I, I see James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook teaming up together and it's work, and working fine in my eyes. But, you know, think about it. You got two former MVPs teaming up in their prime probably the most dynamic backcourt we will ever see in NBA history. And, you know, these analytics and all these other things that's going on around the league, especially with the Rockets, the Rockets going to have to adjust to Russell Westbrook. You know, we, we all know the one flaw that Russ has is that he don't shoot. He don't shoot a high number. He don't shoot a high clip from three. So we know one thing about it is that his game is the mid range around <clears throat> His, his pull-up mid-range around the free throw line. He loved his little bank shot from the little corner angles. He also, you know, he loved to post up smaller go, uh, guards on the block. So I think, you know, once again, it's falling back on the coaches, man. D'Antoni has to put these guys in position to be successful. And sometimes that may means taking away from what you believe in as a coach and kind of giving in to the players. Perk, I got to ask you, man, uh, loved your game, and I, I just loved how physical you were. Uh, as a former NFL offensive lineman, I just loved <laughs> that, A, you were physical, and B, you were mean, which I love. It's the only way sports are fun. So my first question is, I know you're from Beaumont, and you're a big dude. What? Did you ever play football? Did they ever get you yeah. out there? I did play football, man. Listen. I played tight end and I played defensive end all the way up into my sophomore year. And then my high school basketball coach made me quit and told me, hey, your your, uh, your best opportunity is over here in uh, basketball. But I actually, I was all right at tight end, man. I played defensive end. I played both ways. But, you know, in Texas football, man, it's, a, it's, it's kind of crazy out here. You know, that's a big deal. I don't think I was really ready for it. <laughs> All right, Perk, we got to ask you a question about some comments from the great Michael Jordan to the Today Show's Craig Melvin. They were talking oh. about the, the five guys they'd want to play <laughs> pickup with. Here's what MJ, we're going to let you listen to this audio. Here's what MJ told Craig Melvin. Listen. If you could pick four guys for your pickup team, 
four guys that you play anybody else with. Hakeem Olajuwon, Magic Johnson, and Scottie Pippen, and James Worthy. That was six years ago. Lots happened in the league in six years. Would you keep the same four? In a heartbeat. When I'm going in the trenches, I played against and with all these guys. I'm going with who I know. Every single night, that responsibility to go out there and represent greatness every single night. So Steph Curry shouldn't be offended when he watches this. I hope not. He's still a great player. Not a Hall of Famer yet, though. <laughs> He's not. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. I enjoyed this. Okay, Man. so Kirk, the, cheer, the cheers was his tequila. <laughs> he went out of his way to say he's not a Hall of Famer yet. Craig laughed, and then he went back to make sure he got the point. And I talked to Craig this morning. He said it didn't feel at all like he was joking. Why does Michael Jordan say Steph Curry, a three-time NBA champ, two-time MVP, is not a Hall of Famer yet? Your guess is good as mine, because when I, I – when... <laughs> When I listened to the interview, I was like, ah, MJ, I love you to death, man, but you got to give Steph credit when credit's due. He's for sure a Hall of Famer. I mean, I don't know what else he has to do, but um, you kind of, you, you know, listen, man, the old school guys that, that played before, you know, my time and stuff like that, when you look at the Jordans, you know, the Shaqs, the Charles Barkleys, you know, they came up in a time where it was rugged, it was rough. You know, the game was physical. And and so those guys actually view the game totally different from what, you know, from how we view today's game. Just think about it. You know, it's a lot of high-scoring games. You know, back in the day, guys were scoring, you know, final scores would be 86 to 80, stuff like that. You know, these guys were actually in the trenches, you know, like he said, battling. So when, you know, when, when these older, when these, retired guys who paid the way for these for us and these the new generation man when they see us playing now they like oh no nah, he couldn't have played back in the day so more so i think that you know jordan is kind of looking at steph curry of you know could he would he have made it with the rules back in the day when jordan was playing that's the way i'm gonna take it because i can't see it no other way man steph curry is for sure a hall of fame there's no doubt about it Maybe there, makes it a little bit too much. To, what was they drinking? Tequila? Jordan has a new tequila. Pre- apparently over 100 bucks a bottle, but I hear it's fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I, it must be, and it must work wonders, man. <laughs> For him to say that, that, MJ was tripping a little bit. <laughs> I don't God. think it was the tequila, but I like where you're going with this. Perk, next time we talk to you, we got to get the four guys you'd play pickup with but unfortunately we're out of time appreciate it perk all right hey thanks for having me on fellas anytime great to have kendrick perkins one of the great celtics oklahoma city thunder as well ross maybe it was the tequila that michael jordan was drinking but i don't think so no i think that's just how how jordan rolls i love by the way how perkins rolled in the nba he was legitimately mean and i love that (laughs) He could be, not that I need a bodyguard, but if I ever had to have a bodyguard, I would want Perk. He's got to be somebody bigger than me. He's hired, and I didn't even have to use ZipRecruiter to fire him, Dave, to fire him, to hire him. (laughs) ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology. Identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. 
ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature helps you filter applicants so you can focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You're hired and we're out of time. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. We'll see you Wednesday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.